Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Let's Review RN. We spent some valuable time discussing the anatomy of the kidneys in recent podcasts, and today we are going to broadly talk about acute kidney injury. In medicine, we use the term acute often, and it's important to understand that this references something that is short in duration, and most oftentimes simultaneously, this is in combination with recent onset. So acute means short and recent onset. That being said, acute kidney injury, or sometimes referred to as acute renal failure, is a sudden episode of kidney failure or kidney damage, where the kidney has decreased renal function and it can happen often within a few hours or a few days brought on by several sources of causes that we will talk more about. Acute kidney injury results in the kidneys not being able to filter efficiently and effectively, which causes a buildup of waste products in your blood, such as BUN and creatinine, which are byproducts of muscle and protein breakdown. And it can also cause a buildup of fluid and accumulation of electrolytes, which causes an electrolyte imbalance. Acute kidney injury can then also lead to detrimental effects of other organs such as the brain, the heart, and the lungs. It's important to understand that acute kidney injury can be reversible if the cause of the injury is treated in a timely manner. If the cause of the acute kidney injury remains untreated, this can lead to acute renal failure. There are many different causes of acute kidney injury, and they can be classified in relation to where the injury is located, whether that be pre-renal, meaning a condition which the kidney dysfunction has occurred because of inadequate blood flow to the kidneys, which reduces that function due to lack of blood flow and oxygen to the kidneys. This can occur for many different reasons. A few examples may be hypotension or low blood pressure, fluid loss, or even fluid overload like what happens in heart failure. For the sake of today's podcast, I'm going to give an overview of acute kidney injury, and in subsequent podcasts, I'll dive into an in-depth discussion of causes of all pre-renal, intrarenal, and post-renal damage that leads to acute kidney injury. Intrarenal meaning a condition which kidney dysfunction has occurred because of direct injury to the kidney itself can occur from things like a severe life-threatening infection called sepsis, uh, conditions causing inflammation or damage to the kidney's tubules, which may be something like uh, tubular necrosis or glomerular nephritis or even vasculitis. Um, And then another thing that may cause intrarenal damage is uh, scleroderma, which affects connective tissue and can lead to kidney damage. Postrenal can result in acute kidney injury by blocking the passage of urine out of the body. Postrenal causes of acute kidney injury can be 
can be things like an enlarged prostate, uh, kidney stones, or even a blood clot in the urinary tract, which prevents the outward flow of urine. This results in a backstream pressure to the kidneys. Let's review for a minute why preventing the kidneys from doing their job is so hazardous to the body and in a homeostatic state, what the kidneys should be doing. So we're born with two kidneys in a perfect world because remember, there's always exceptions to the rule. But for the purpose of today's podcast, we'll be talking about under normal circumstances. So we have a right kidney and a left kidney. The left kidney sits slightly higher than the right kidney. This is simply because the right kidney has to make room for the liver, which sits above it. The kidneys are bean-shaped and weigh in at approximately 40 to 190 grams each, depending on the gender and the size of the individual patient. They are about four to six inches long. There are some individuals that may have been born with one kidney or only have one functioning kidney due to illness or injury. And many people are able to lead a healthy and active lifestyle with just one functioning kidney. Within the kidneys, filtration, reabsorption, secretion, and excretion occurs. The main focus of the kidneys is to filter the blood to remove waste products and keep the amount of water in the body consistent. Any unneeded waste products or excess fluid is what forms our urine. The kidneys are responsible for secreting a multitude of essential hormones, which aid in regulating our blood pressure, neutralizing our acid-base ratio, stimulating red blood cell production from our bone marrow, and activating vitamin D. The kidneys remove nitrogenous waste from the body, such as creatinine, urea, and ammonia, and hold on to the essential substances that the body needs to function. The kidneys also produce a hormone called erythropoietin that stimulates production of red blood cells. To rewind a moment, the liver metabolizes dietary proteins to produce energy, and with this metabolism comes the production of toxic ammonia as a waste product. The liver is able to convert most of this ammonia to uric acid and urea, which are less toxic to the body. Meanwhile, the muscles of our body produce the waste product creatinine as it utilizes energy. Ammonia, uric acid, urea, and creatinine all accumulate in the body over time and need to be removed from circulation to maintain homeostasis. This is why normal function of the kidneys is so important. Our bodies are so largely affected by the buildup of waste products and excess fluid, and therefore we can so quickly be affected by damage to blood flow to the kidneys, which is pre-renal, damage to the kidneys itself, which is intrarenal, or disruption of excreting the urine, which is post-renal. Signs and symptoms of acute kidney injury include decreased urine output, And there are times that urine output can remain normal, but even the slightest change of urine output is important to note. Chest pain or pressure can occur, jugular vein distension, which can be caused from fluid retention, causing edematous legs, ankles, and feet. Uh, The patients can become short of breath. They can become confused from the toxic um, buildup. And nausea can occur, as well as seizures or coma in severe cases. Now, when we talk about acute kidney injury, there are four phases of AKI, or acute kidney injury. Those four phases are the onset, the oliguric, the diuretic, and the recovery phase. So the onset phase is simply the the injury that that is occurring to the kidneys. So you've got decreased either renal blood flow resulting um, from 
dehydration or fluid overload even. You can have sepsis causing intravenal problems. All of that can be considered the onset phase. Next, you enter the oliguric or the aneuric phase, and this is when urine output begins to decrease um, from renal tubule damage. Um, So basically what happens is urine output falls below 400 milliliters a day, and it can fall as low as 100 milliliters a day. You've got increased BUN and creatinine levels. You've got electrolyte disturbances. Acidosis can occur, fluid overload from the kidney's inability to excrete water can occur. And this can happen, the duration of this phase, the oligaric phase, is about one to two weeks. After this phase comes the diuretic phase. So now acute kidney injury starts to correct itself. And now it's got to get rid of all this excess fluid that it's been holding on to. So you've got a diuresis effect. Um, you've got all this edema. The Now the GFR starts to pick up. Your daily urine output starts to increase. And the electrolyte imbalances start to correct themselves. BUN and creatinine start to trend towards normal ranges. And this can last approximately 7 to 14 days for this correction stage or this diuretic phase. Lastly, you've got the recovery phase. And this phase can last several months, even to a year. But you start to see decreased edema because that urine output is has picked up. You've excreted all that fluid that the body has held onto. You've got normalization, complete normalization, I should say, of fluid and electrolyte balance. You get a GFR that returns to approximately 70 to 80% of the normal value. As a nurse, it's important for us to understand the importance of adequate urine output in preventing acute kidney injury and the consequences that can come along with acute kidney injury. So although we've been taught how to measure urine output, we may not have been taught how often to measure it or why frequent and accurate measurement is so important. Typically, we've focused on monitoring vital signs such as blood pressures and heart rates and respiratory rates, but we pay minimal attention to these low or borderline urine output or just minimal changes in urine output. But in many cases, when we report low urine output, sometimes we're just told to keep an eye on it or we'll watch it, but it is important because we know that urine volume directly reflects GFR. Urine output should measure at least 0.5 milliliters per kilogram per hour for patients. I hope you've all enjoyed today's episode. And again, I will be back in the next few podcasts talking about more in-depth causes and what pre-renal, intra-renal, and post-renal means and how it largely affects our kidneys. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.